brothers. Stay here, brothers. Oh, yeah. Happy. Hello, welcome to Prince Trap by Track. I'm your host, Darren, and today we're going to be talking about The Ride from Crystal Ball. Recorded originally on the 14th of June 1993 as part of The Undertaker. Uh, that version went on for 9 minutes and 38 seconds. Um, and then re-recorded live at Paisley Park on the 29th of October 1995 and released on the 29th of January 1998. On the track, you have Prince, Michael B and Sonny T originally. And then on the version in 1995, you also have Tommy Barbarella and Mr. Hayes, uh, part of the band that Prince had at the time. Uh, the track is 5 minutes 12 on The Crystal Ball, or 9.38, as I said, on Undertaker. Joining me to talk about today is Josh Hollis. Hello, Josh. Hello. Thanks for having me back. I feel like the genre of the song is pretty clear. You know, it's a 12-bar blues. Um, you know, in 1993, Prince, Sonny T and Michael B, the, the new power trio, as they were known, um, recorded a number of songs for a project called The Undertaker. Prince wanted to give that away with guitar magazines, um, to which Warner Brothers said, no, we're not going to do that. You can't record an entire album and then just give it away to people. Um, so that kind of went onto the shelf. It was released as like a, uh, a VHS a couple of years later. Um, and then Prince went back and re-recorded the song, shortened it by about four minutes, um, and that live version then ended up on Crystal Ball. Um, you know, and it's it's interesting because, you know, obviously the longer version, it doesn't really have any extra lyrics. It just has a lot more of Prince, you know, doing a couple of guitar solos. You know, this is just a bit more kind of interaction in the band. It's just Prince noodling. <laughs> yeah. He's he's a noodler. Those extra four minutes are just Prince, you know, having a go with the guitar. Like he's there with, you know, at that point, you know, th those two guys have been playing with him for a few years. So obviously, you know, they're good friends. And so he's just kind of having a jam for like nine minutes. Um, and then, you know, obviously when he performed it, you know, two years later, the, you know, the, sh the shorter version, the version that obviously is on Crystal Ball, it, there's a little less noodling. But it's still, there's still a substantial amount of Prince just playing with his guitar uh, in between, you know, the, the various verses. And as with a few songs from this period, it doesn't really have a, there's like no chorus. It's just the fact that the, you know, Prince sings the words, I got the ride, like every other line basically <laughs> so i have to say like you are um you're a a consummate professional darren and you do a great job of preparing your guests um when they when they come on to the show you give them this nice sort of breakdown of what the show is going to be and you uh, were nice enough to link to the longer version from uh, the undertaker and since i didn't know what this was i just saw a link to the undertaker version and i thought did the WWE wrestler do a version of this song? And I got very excited and was quickly disabused of that flight of fancy when I saw what it was. Just lots of noodling. The Undertaker debuted in 1990, and The Undertaker Prince's video only came out in 1993. So this was still early into The Undertaker's run. So um, I, I could understand maybe if at the time WWF had sued Prince and said you can't use the words The Undertaker... You know, because obviously it's associated with this wrestler, but they they never did. I scrolled through the uh, I scrolled through the video, and I was just hoping to maybe see the Undertaker hanging out in the background somewhere. But sadly, that also did not happen. Unfortunately, noted real estate broker Mark Calloway <laughs> does not make an appearance in in that video at all. Yeah, um, that is just, that's just, I mean, people refer to him as like you know a wrestler, but for the last fifteen years, he's pretty much been in real estate. 
That's where his real passion has lied. Making lots of money from real estate, you know. Who wouldn't want to buy a house from him? Yeah, no, and obviously his brother at the moment is running to be like a mayor of somewhere. So, <laughs> so who wouldn't want Kane as the mayor? Um, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I mean, I, I think the thing that the, like, the interesting thing with the Undertaker version, like you say, it is a lot more of Prince just kind of, you know, playing with the guitar and just kind of, yeah, I mean, just having fun, really. You know, like, uh, kind of early 90s Prince was... This is pre, like, battle with Warner Brothers. So, you know, 1993 is is just at the point where... I mean, in fact, 14th of June 1993 is one week after his birthday, essentially. So, you know, this is Prince, you know, a week after his birthday, having fun with his band, recording this whole thing, assuming that this album is going to be part of a giveaway with some guitar magazine. Um, so it's before he started fighting Warner Brothers. So it's it's almost like a very kind of carefree version of Prince. And then from 1995, that ver- you know that version is obviously very much shorter. But you know by the time it gets released in 98, you're talking a Prince who is now out of his contract with Warner Brothers and who is distributing albums via a phone line. <laughs> so it's it's interesting to kind of see the two versions because that like I don't think you could argue that the 95 version sounds less carefree. But like that kind of the kind of carefree attitude and Prince just having a jam with a couple of friends that really comes through on the the longer version. Oh, yeah, I I would say the same thing. Like that was the thing that struck me is that, you know, as he sort of gets away from the the sort of standard song structure that they established earlier on, that sort of standard bluesy riff and then just kind of starts playing and kind of uh, going in different spaces. It really does feel like um a bunch of friends just hanging out and kind of rolling with whatever the other wants to do and, and, you know, creating something um, kind of unique and fun, but not really caring if it is totally cohesive, because I guess that's sort of the point with bluesy numbers is that a person will just kind of go off and then come back and, you know, get back into swing and then somebody else will go off and come back. And so it's just sort of, having a good time and you definitely get that on the longer one you know the the kind of the live version when he sings it he's you know he, he's interacting with the crowd obviously you know having the crowd there gives it a, a different feel uh, and you are correct obviously you know it's a 12 bar blues so it you know so long as so long as you know where the the kind of the cadence comes for the the 11th and 12th bars you can always you can improvise as much as you want so long as you land back on those two those last two kind of chords um, and, you know, obviously Prince, being a consummate musician, he knows, you know, and also having kind of very tight bands, you know, obviously the band from 95 is essentially the same as 93, but with a couple of extra guys, you know, they, they know exactly, you know, where the, the kind of the end of the 12, the 12 bars are. So they, they all know when to come back in. Um, but I do feel like the kind of the interaction of the crowd in the second version does kind of lend it a different air to the... You know, obviously, if you've got a crowd there, you can't really just mess about for like nine minutes on the yeah, yeah. number because people will get very impatient. Uh, I don't know if they served beer at Paisley Park, but I could imagine after like six or seven minutes of that, people would be like, OK, we get the point. Just start throwing <laughs> their beer at Prince. Um, so it feels like that's that's probably the reason why it's only like five minutes is because you, you could probably if he went on for too long, you could kind of maybe feel the crowd maybe kind of getting a bit more restless. Well, at the beginning, at the beginning of that track, he uh, he's like, hey, don't leave. <laughs> Stay around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. It does feel like he's maybe doing like a you know an encore or something, and he's just decided to 
decent 12 bar blues well no i think he's i think he's talking to the people who heard the undertaker version and are like oh shit he's about to start noodling <laughs> he's like no 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 this is a shorter one please stick around yeah don't go anywhere i'm not i'm just i'm not gonna play around for nine minutes you know we're we're, we're sensible in here there's not much to the lyrics you know prince just says if you've got the time baby i got the ride uh where you want to go keep you satisfied you know if it, it feels like kind of basic ideas of what prince would want to kind of talk you um you know he he tells you know if you like it real slow baby i got days uh but if you want to take a shortcut i know the way um and uh if you if you want to be alone i like to watch what is he when did when did the movie sliver come out is he just recounting the plot of that film i feel like sliver was 1990 i want to say 1994 oh they were inspired by this song <laughs> maybe um i'm trying to i'm trying to think when when uh oh maybe it was actually 93 oh because um, because um what's him call it the uh, ub40 had a, a number one hit with their cover of i can't help fall in love with you okay so just voyeurism was in the zeitgeist at that point although this is not the first time that prince has you know talked about watching i mean um you know i think in um in the song jack you off he talks about you know if if you don't want to take part then you know he'll always just watch um so you know prince watching someone <clears throat> let's say entertaining themselves um is is you know a subject the prince has touched on before but then he suggests if you want some good loving baby i'll give you all i got um which again i it's, it feels like kind of normal prince territory here yeah and then he repeats the kind of the opening verse um and then you know finishes off saying i got the ride but yeah so I, like there's not a huge amount to say in terms of like the lyrics just because it's just kind of prince um improvising and i've you know i've seen a number of different people kind of you know, doing like 12 bar blues and simply because of the limitations of how long you've got, I feel like the lyrics or, you know, if you hear someone trying to kind of come up with lyrics to 12 bar blues, they're always kind of limited by the fact that they know that you're going to get to the, uh, you know, the perfect cadence, which is the, the you know, the, the fifth chord to the fourth chord at the end of the 12 bars. So they always have to kind of let themselves get to that point. So it always kind of limits how much lyrics you can do, you know, unless you want to kind of go over into another 12 bars or, you know, do 16 bar blues. But, uh, you know, in this case, I think that's the, that's the only issue I have with like 12 bar blues. I guess for, you know, improvising in terms of, you know, from guitars or basses or, you know, drummers or whatever, it's, it's always quite interesting because, you know, you can get yourself like 12 bars to improvise in. Mm -hmm. But for any singers, you're always kind of limited by the fact that, you know, you've, you've always got to kind of, hit those 11th and 12 bars and i think that's what kind of limits prince here is you know he's he knows the structure that he's got to sing to so you know you get you get kind of you know you get four bars you get four bars and then you get you know the, the last four bars and in those last four bars you have to kind of resolve whatever you're singing about so prince is, is kind of taken this structure of repeating the first two lines and then giving you know an alternate on the the last line um, which still, if you're if you're just improvising that, that's still like a, you know a clever structure to do. Yeah. But you know, knowing how it works, it's kind of of because you know the first eight bars are pretty much the same thing. Like so, just repeating a line twice and then having that over the eight bars and then changing it for the last four. It, you know, it's it's a fairly simple way to use the twelve bars. There's another song that Prince did a few years before this called um, "If I Had a Harem." And that's also 12-bar blues, but in it, he doesn't do this structure of repeating lines and then doing a twist in the last line. Uh -huh. He basically kind of just does a free-form thing where he, 
he just kind of talks about if he had a harem, like all the papers say. <laughs> and, 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 and then he, he talks about how he would use those women to um, attend to his girlfriend rather than himself. So, you know, it, it, I, don't know I, I, think, I think that's a more interesting use of the 12-bar blues than this song. Um, but if I had a harem was never officially released. So, so, you know, I can't talk about that one, but you know, I, I feel like this is an interesting, it's an interesting enough song. And I like, I like the undertaker version, the version that's on crystal ball, I would say, you know, with the interaction of the crowd, there's still a little something there, but it's, it's less interesting. Um, I mean, I guess if you, if you kind of know how 12 bar blues works, you can always kind of feel the, the the kind of the last two chords come in, and it's always yeah. You're always kind of building to that expectation, and that's how you know you always finish off a twelve bar blues is with the repetition of those last two chords a couple of times. Um, I'm sure if any. Well, yeah, I think I think maybe it's his. You know, like you said, you sort of have to get back to where you started with all of this stuff, and maybe that's what he's sort of doing with the with the lyrics as well. You know, he's he's ending it where he started it, and. And it's sort of the lyrics uh, are are um, kind of mirroring the the music. Um, and you know, it's always fun to hear you know like a live version of a Prince song, um, and obviously the contrast between that and when he's alone and he's able to go on for like almost ten minutes. You know, like the con- the contrast yeah. is there of of what it's like for you you know musicians when they're by themselves and musicians in front of an audience. Um, so it's kind of interesting that, that officially there's no studio version of this song. Um, you know, either you have the live version or you have the kind of improvised, you know, the undertaker, um, you know, as a set of songs was mostly done in one take. So, you know, it's kind of just like an improvised version of the song anyway. This is a song that Prince performed a lot live, <laughs> you know, obviously the undertaker is the first occurrence of this, but he, when he was on tour in, you know, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2002, 3, 4, 6, 7, <laughs> all the way up until 2013. And even the 6th of June, 2014 was the last kind of time that he performed this song live. So it was obviously it was a live favorite, wow. you know, essentially it lived as like a yeah. live song anyway. So I think people kind of, you know, you know obviously enjoyed it being performed um, live by Prince. Um, you know, but uh, my, my favorite thing about The Undertaker as well is it was issued on VHS, but it was also issued on Laserdisc. Um, to, de- <laughs> to, nice. to date, it has never been reissued on DVD. But yeah, ah, and Prince, Prince also, he also played a version of this on the DVD live at the uh, Aladdin Las Vegas. You know, essentially it became like a live staple for him. Um, you know, he didn't perform it on his last couple of tours because those were, you know, a piano and a microphone and 12, 12 bar blues doesn't really work on a piano if you're, if it's just you and, you know, a microphone, like the whole point of a 12 bar blues is you have some interaction with your band members. So if you're by yourself, it just becomes you playing the same 12 chords over and over and it's just not that interesting. So, uh, I can, end- if anybody could have done it, it would have been Prince. I guess he, he saw, you know, uh, he, he figured out that he'd probably be better that he didn't do it that, 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 like live. So he, you know, obviously dropped it from his set list for the last couple of years, but yeah, it's, it's remarkable because out of all the songs on Crystal Ball, this is one of the few that Prince basically put into a set list and it basically stayed there for you know, almost 20 years. Um, you know, clearly it must have been a song that he enjoyed. And obviously for any of, if you're a member of Prince's band and you've already heard a version of The Ride, then obviously it's easy for you to just learn it. And, you know, when Prince wants to perform it at, at a concert, then obviously, you know, you already know what to expect, um, you know, because you've heard it so many times. Uh, so I guess maybe Prince used it to kind of, you know, get his new band members used to playing with him. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it, I, I, I enjoy it because, you know, I like a good 12 bar blues and, you know, there are a ton of really bad 12 bar blues out there. Um, but, you know, with this and also with Peach and If I Had a Harem, that's like three kind of 12 bar blues songs that Prince did. And they aren't, you know, they aren't very similar. You know, aside from having the same kind of structure, they're very different. And I think that kind of shows how, you know, Prince is, you know, can stretch himself as a musician. Um, so I would say for me, four out of five. Um, and I only say that because, you know, it's 12 bar blues and <laughs> like it can only go so far. Like I don't I don't feel there's ever been like a 12 bar blues song that I would ever give a five out of five to, um, you know. So it's, it's an interesting enough song, but because because of the limitations, I feel like there's only so much Prince can ever do with a 12 bar blues. So I've got uh, I've got a couple thoughts on this for the song itself. I'm going to I'm going to have to go uh, three out of five because the structure, I mean, as, as you've already sort of very clearly laid out, um, it, it has to be the way that it is um, because of the type of song that it is. But it just didn't really. Um, it didn't really connect with me because I, I do sometimes find that kind of um, monotonous, uh, that monotonous music to be, well, monotonous and the noodling can go on a little long. Now, that said, that's that's for the song for the video. I'm going to give a four out of five just for that creepy doll that that woman is fawning over. <laughs> Yeah, that that's like a that's like a reoccurring thing throughout the rest of the Undertaker video as well. Um, but yeah, it. <laughs> I yeah, I guess. I mean, I think as well. Like, as, as technically speaking, like the Undertaker like video isn't like an official release. Like, like I said, it's been released on VHS and Laserdisc, but um, the Prince Estate haven't officially uploaded it to YouTube. So, um, any versions that people are seeing on YouTube are are unofficial um, at this point, basically. Um, so yeah, there is a, there's a danger that they could easily be served with a copyright notice and taken down at any point. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the thing is within the limitations of 12 bar blues, Prince does as much as he possibly can. Yeah, that's fair. You know, and uh, I, you know, obviously, you know, being able to do 12 bar blues is something that, you know, most musicians, you know, need to know how to do. It's, it's, it's an easy way to introduce people to kind of improvisation and kind of chord structures and, you know, cadences and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a useful musical tool, but the thing is, you know, much like a, a few other kind of things that teach you structure, I don't feel like you can ever get an exciting song out of them. Um, there's something in music called um, a grand bass, which is a uh, it's a repeated bass pattern that you put chords over the top, and it, t it teaches you how to um, do different chords in different scales and how to do you know major scales and minor scales and and all that kind of stuff. And it's always interesting as an intellectual exercise, but whenever I listen to anyone who'd done like a ground bass, I'd be like, this is the most fun thing <laughs> in the world. <laughs> like, it's wonderful that you understand music theory, but that you can't get an exciting song out of a ground bass. And, you know, I feel like that's the same with the 12 bar blues. There's a very strict limitation on exactly the level of song you can get. And I feel like Prince has done as much as he possibly can with 12 bar blues. Um, and I don't think at this point on I can recall any of the songs that are 12 bar blues. Um, so, you know, I mean, Peach came out also in 1993. So I don't know if Prince had like a fascination with 12 bar blues for a couple of months. Um, but I can't recall him returning to this structure. And I think the limitations are probably why. Was there any 12 bar blues in Sliver, perhaps? Maybe there is some sort of connection there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I mean... 
I, I think that the weirdest the weirdest thing about Sliver is the fact that it tried to make one of the Baldwin brothers a star who wasn't, <laughs> um, you know, that like was it Adam or something? No, it who was. was um, it, it was. I think pretty sure it was, was Billy, it Billy Baldwin. Yeah. Yeah, Billy Baldwin. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> sorry, Billy, but out of the Baldwins, you are not the one that people are. You know, are not they don't want you to be a star. You tried it with Flatliners. You tried it with Backdraft. Just didn't work. You know, we weren't we weren't taking to you. That crazy period in the '90s where people were like, "We're ready for a second Baldwin brother," <laughs> and uh, we defiantly said, "No, no, thank you very much." Um, but uh, yeah, so I feel like we said about as much as we can about the ride. So uh, let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Josh? Absolutely. Um, so I co-host a show with my good friend Brian Skinner called Predicto Cast. We watch the first ten minutes of a movie we know nothing about. And then we try to predict what comes next. Right now, we're in the middle of our Summer of Summer series, where we only watch films with summer in the title. So check us out wherever you get podcasts or at predictocast.com. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast. Or you can email us, not sure where you would, at PrinceTrackByTrack at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, Josh. Thank you very much for having me. And otherwise, goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.